0: How's it going everybody? Welcome back to another Emerald City Hockey post-game live presented by Flatstick Pub. RJ, I mean the Kraken, they looked th- this was the bounce back game, right? This was the bounce back game that we expected after the last Oilers game. Uh and it was the the kind of effort that the Kraken really did need to have after that loss to the Avalanche a couple days ago. That being said, they got closer to playing a full 60, or in this case 65, but they just weren't quite able to, to finish it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it on our on our live commentary with the patrons after about fifty minutes or so of this game. How this was the perfect bounce back effort that the Kraken needed. They were frustrating the Oilers. They were in their heads. They were in complete control. They were just circling around in the offensive zone. I mean, heck, even with about four minutes to go with a one goal game, they were playing keep away with the puck, mm-hmm. and the Oilers couldn't even get the goalie pulled and it all turns on a dime so fast with a couple of Vander Kane goals from pretty much the same spot on the ice, one to tie the game and send it to overtime and the other, the OT winner and the Kraken are back in this spot that they've been for the, the last couple games. Just wondering what the heck happened.
0: Yeah. It's uh, you know, another two goal lead gone. Uh, that's, that's something that they need to deal with and and figure out, that they can't, I mean, you addressed so many of the things that were that were plaguing you, right? You had 36 shots on goal. That was great. They haven't been able to do that in a while. You held Edmonton with a dangerous power play to 0-3. You, you played McDavid and Drysidel pretty well, you know, with the exception of that first play, which we can break down, but it wasn't really them beating you as much as Larson maybe not playing that very well. Um, but there was just there was so much in favor of the Kraken in this one to kind of have it all go go away the way it was. Uh, almost, I mean, it, it basically, the game in just a few moments started circling like a, a golf ball around the hole, RJ. There it is. <laughs> I was trying, I was kind of stalling there to try to figure out a way of getting over to it. But yeah, uh, Post Game Live presented by Flatstick Pub. Uh, you know, post game, uh, if you're on cracking game nights in Seattle, post game, you can get the dollar off beer show your ticket at the south lake union location pre-game get the 50 percent off games try to have some fun both before and after all those kraken home games at that awesome location they have can't wait to check it out next week when i'm up there but yeah it's yeah. it's just like you said it's it's a tough one you don't want to see a game end that way when they played as hard as they did for as long as they did light with the super chat it sucks the most when the kraken in my opinion do the right things play like they haven't all season then lose in part thanks to questionable ref calls. So I mean, you could maybe you know clarify which one specifically you mean, light. But I do have to wonder about the the play on Belmar RJ only being called a two minute, wasn't a five minute major. Um, the the hit to the head was it Adam
1: uh, Adam Ernie,
0: yeah, uh, who did it? I mean that we were we were talking about it through the live game commentary. We didn't have you know an audio feed or anything to go off of. But I was certainly surprised, given what we've seen, not just with Kraken games, but games around the league, RJ, that they didn't go ahead, call it the major and then look at the video and then back it down if they felt like they needed to. At least from our understanding, they didn't do that here.
1: Right. I mean, that's why the rule exists, so that you can go back, take another look at it if it's something that might rise to that level, which I think certainly in that context and looking at the hit It's a hit to the head. He hits him right in the head, kind of gives him that shoulder shiver there. And, you know, there's varying levels of severity, of course, the hit like that, but to not even give it a look. I, I don't really understand if if you have the officials call it a major, take a look at it and ultimately decide, you know, that's a minor. I, I can, I can be more sympathetic toward, you know, their decision to do that, mm-hmm. but not even taking a look at it. I I don't understand, especially with the game at that point, cracking her up three one, it looks like frustration boiling over. I mean, that looks right. like one of those kind of hot blooded type penalties where you go after a guy's head because you're upset about the way the game is going. Um, so I was not a fan of that hit at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, still, I think, ultimately no excuses for the crack you know work regardless you get a power play you still blow the two two goal lead from that point right but you'd like to see that just from a player safety perspective at least given the major right off the bat
0: right well and it sounds like you know maybe some other stuff that that light could have been referring to here with the next super chat from seth thank you very much seth how did the ref miss that call when dry held held down belmar after tripping him up on the draw so I, I talked a lot about this draw when it happened and the previous draw from Dreisaitl against Maddie Beniers where Dreisaitl's plan was clearly not to win the faceoff as much as I'm just going to go ahead, go forward, use my body and just take out the other player right? Just not even let them be a factor on this faceoff. And then one of my guys will come in and grab the puck. And it's, it's an effective strategy. Uh, If he held him down, I mean, we have seen that before RJ, right? Guy goes down in a situation like that. The other player loses their balance and has to steady themselves by, by pressing down on the other player to regain their, their composure there. It's, it's just one of those things. It's like a hockey, to refs
1: yeah and, and it's a veteran move from dry again you have to know in that situation like under two minutes to go offensive zone face off the refs are not going to call a penalty that's essentially going to end the game and end any chance you have of tying the game for anything less than just mauling the guy off the face off dot that's unfortunately that's just the reality of, of what it is in that situation it's the same thing if the kraken were down one and and you send a guy in there to do that off the face off that's just kind of how it works
0: yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's a strategy, though. If you've got the size to do it, um, that's that's the way it is. Uh, Duthin with the super chat here. Thank you very much, Duthin. Happy birthday, RJ. I wish the Kraken got you something better than just a point. But.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, what? thank you, and I, I do appreciate the super chat. Appreciate the happy birthday wishes. Yeah, I was wondering what kind of game the Kraken would get me for my birthday. It was, uh, it was certainly an interesting one. But you know, I mean, this is, oh man, that was about to sound like so corny and sappy, but like the real present was getting to spend it with all of you. But I really do mean that. Uh, it's, uh, it's brought a lot of joy to my day getting to to spend it with all of you
0: yes no it was we did have a, a fun time despite everything i know it didn't end the way all of us wanted to in that live game commentary but it we we had a good time um all right <laughs> to, to jump back into the to the comments from from other people who maybe weren't in there to express everything ahead of time uh this team makes me physically ill oh this is the bad place <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory yeah this team is toast it's a way to start off the chat but i understand it i mean this In some ways, right, this is as bad, if not worse feeling than the last two games that we saw where the Kraken were really out of it. So by the the time the game ended, it was almost like a mercy rule. Uh, You're just like, okay, thankfully, this is over. I don't have to watch it anymore. This is so much harder because the team did put in that effort. They put in the effort that has been a struggle for them and they got the lead. But again, you're watching a two goal lead disappear. You're watching that lead disappear. You're watching them not be able to finish a game. And when it's close, it somehow just
1: makes it worse, Archie. It does. I mean, as far as gut punch losses, this has got to be right up there near the top in in franchise history, I think, so far. Um, You know, I know I've I've seen someone mention on Twitter, like the Arizona game in year one of just like, oof, this is really bad now. You know, you kind of get those feelings again.
0: Yeah. Uh, light to be clear for everyone here, chat included. I'm not saying the refs are the only reason we lost. They played a role as did Adam Larson's bad D. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about that one. And I, I didn't think you were saying that light by the way, either. Um, no, the, the Kraken, you know, they, they let this one get away from them. There's no, there's no other way to put it. Um, Adam Larson on that first goal that kicked things off that McDavid goal no idea what he was thinking no idea what he was doing there you have vince dunn skating back with you he's on dry already i mean i guess i do know what he was doing right you see him throw out his stick there he was trying to aggressively defend his blue line that thing i talk about loving from adam larson all the time that's what he was trying to do against leon dry there he was trying to make a really aggressive defensive play but you have to understand the situation. You have Connor McDavid coming in on you. you. This is a two-on-two situation. You do you have to trust your D partner there to be there. you got to stay in the passing lane or at least stay in front of McDavid because, I mean, it is McDavid, but regardless of who it is, you're not going to be able to catch up to that guy if you, if you don't make the play, which is what happened. Larson doesn't make the aggressive play. He gets there too late because he's having to come all the way across the zone. And and then that just allows McDavid to go in and and do exactly what McDavid does. You you're always going to expect somebody to finish there. So I I understand what Larson was doing, but I don't agree with it. And I think he's got to understand and and pay attention to the situation better uh, in that instance. Yeah. Um, Let's see because I love WC ECH so much. I won't tell anyone that RJ jinxed us with tend to go in the third happy birthday, RJ. From Sean. Um, that's a a super (laughs) chat. It's It's very good. Very subtle, very subtle. But no, nobody's picking up on what you're putting down there. Uh, but thank you, thank you for the super chat. Hey, Much I appreciated, mean, look, look, we'll, we'll take some pressure off. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just RJ, right? Like there's all of us were feeling good because I couldn't have
1: been point, the only one feeling confident at that point. Right.
0: Right. No, we were all feeling pretty confident at that point because the Kraken had played 50 strong minutes. Got the reporting right. Kraken were kind of skipping and dancing in the second intermission and stuff. Right. They were obviously feeling very confident about things. So, uh, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. it's all right.
1: Like Joe, uh, the damn it, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, know, you're gonna
0: you're gonna take. You maybe just don't look at the comments for the next little bit. I know. Right? I think I'm gonna skip that little <laughs>
1: section of comments, just personally. Might,
0: might be in your best interest. I yeah. I really love this from Jeff. Cue up the Adam Sandler song from The Wedding Singer. Uh, I'm assuming you, the 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 whole. Do you really wanna hurt me? Did you really <laughs> have to make me cry? Uh, because yeah, that's that's. I feel like where everybody's at. Here you go, RJ, there's your birthday. I hey, hear
1: you sing. That's a pretty good birthday present. I'll take that over the Happy Birthday song. <laughs> yes, you're singing it
0: uh from Gilberto no not one but two Hatties we gave Edmonton this week I mean that one's especially tough you know you brought it up too. it's a a Vander Kane of
1: all people which makes it yeah, all I'll take the, the I'll take the Zach Hyman hat trick over the Evander Kane hat trick any day. I'm sure a lot of you would agree with that.
0: Definitely. Dexter, this one made me angry B. Kraken's inability to hold on to lead, even when they have the momentum needs to be studied. It's amazing. It kind of is, though, like I'm trying to think of what changed it, around that 10 minute mark in the third period, RJ and, and anybody feel free to put in what you think happened there. RJ, you can look at the bottom of the chat for it. Mm-hmm. What what did happen? Why did the momentum change there? What was the event that kickstarted this for for Edmonton or really for for the the Kraken to kind of fall apart? I guess the only thing you can point to is at ten fifty seven you have the Ernie hit on Belmar, and I guess that was it.
1: Yeah, I d- I don't know what else really because I mean that was the moment right where I think you know okay that's the Ernie hit that was kind of a, a turning point in the game there a little bit, but. There's no reason that should affect how you play. I mean, the, and and although I think um, this is a little bit before you brought it up, but this AK mentioning in chat here, they seem to lack the knockout blow and kill shot that took them so far last season. And and I think, you know, maybe there is an element of that. You do have a power play at that point. You also have, you know, the power play, you know, a different moment, but at the start of the period, too, where you had, um, you know, Schultz being tripped in kind of a dangerous area. You had Bjorkstrand go right after him, and it kind of negates what would be a five on three. I get it. You're standing up for your teammate. This is what we've been asked for I can't complain yeah. about it too much but if you do take the five on three there and really deliver the kill shot it might be a different game yeah
0: I, no I agree
1: as Sean pointing out the Bjorkstrand strand penalty there and fusion mix like the flow just stopped and it was bizarre penalty kill got it rolling for him yeah the Oilers I think were able to generate some momentum off that PK also
0: well they were because the Kraken power play was all over the place right? That was, if I remembering right, that was the chaotic power play that the Kraken have where it yep. was, you know, I was describing it as high octane, but they weren't getting shots. They were just like throwing the puck all over the, all over the offensive zone to each other. It didn't seem very cohesive. It didn't seem like there was a plan to it, but that's, that's definitely gotta be it. A uh, couple super chats here. Big super chats. Thank you very much to both of you. Elizabeth starting us off. Happy birthday, RJ. Thanks for spending the night with us. I was feeling confident too. So there you go. Thank Not you. Not alone. He's appreciate the super there.
1: chat. Appreciate you making me feel a little bit better. I'm not the only one who was feeling confident.
0: Yes. And then from Zayn as well, a genie has given you two choices. The Kraken play exactly like this every game the rest of the season, or you just take whatever the season gives you from here on out as it would normally play out. Which do you choose? Now, you know, if you take games like this for the rest of the season, basically what you're saying is you're going to pick up one point for every game the rest of the way. And if I'm doing math right, RJ, that would be like a little over 60 points. On top of what the Kraken already have, I don't think that gets you to playoff territory. It
1: does not. No, a point per no. game doesn't get you to playoff territory. Although I think there might be another level to, to Zam's question where because, you know, if you play this way against maybe, you know, the San Jose Sharks, you probably get the two points out of it. You know, if you play this way against, you know, it depends on the schedule, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you play you play hockey. You're gonna beat the San Jose Sharks, though. So I don't know that like they're the best example of anybody. And you, this isn't a good Oilers team, RJ. I no, know they're, and they're we pointed right this now. out.
1: Yeah, the Oilers did not look all that great for long stretches of this game. I mean, I I was talking about it until you know the very end of the game. Like, yeah, this Oilers team might not figure it out. They looked like a mess defensively for long stretches, and the Kraken couldn't put them away uh, when they were playing that way.
0: Yep. Ben praying for anything but a two goal lead tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm, I understand with you, Nick, this team has to stop resting on its leads. It happens every time. And every time it bites them in the butt, they have to play a full 60 minutes. Why has that still not registered with them? No quit. God, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, we've been talking about it. And again, they got, they got further than they had been. Okay. They're that, that is, there's a positive there, um, but there's still definitely. I mean, it it shows in the NHL, especially. You got to go the full way. You know, 50 minutes is not enough. You got to go 60. A couple more super chats. Tammy, a positive was Winnie's sweet goal plus Joey's effort. Uh, is true. I mean, Joey, another good game from from uh, Joey Decor R.J. And then yes, the the everybody in this chat. We talked about it on the on the live <laughs> game commentary. Was Wenberg just trying to do a spinorama pass back to Bjorkstrand? Or did he actually mean to shoot that towards the net? You you decide. <laughs> that was yeah, Everybody weigh funny. in.
1: Let us know what you think. But good for Wenny getting on the board with his first of the season. Like, yes. I know he's not one to really care a ton about that kind of thing. Like he He's not letting it get in his head. He doesn't have any goals. That's not his game. But I got to think just getting that one has got to feel really good.
0: Definitely. And then light one last super chat. Happy birthday, RJ. The Kraken are showing they are skilled and could get out of this rut with more effort. We aren't the inaugural team, y'all. Also, Firebirds are winning right now. Yes, Firebirds looking good. Uh, and it's true. I mean, this is very much. You talked about it last time um talked about it on the deep dive this is very much the opposite problem of what we had year one where we had all the effort in the world the team just wasn't good enough this team is good enough it's just the effort is the question and it's just uncharted territory for us
1: yeah we haven't been here before and i think it is a good reminder too because look year one's team i think we realized around this time of the season maybe thanksgiving ish they just don't have the talent to be competitive and it's tough for the rest of the season because you know it's lost at that point you can't Magically get the talent to all of a sudden be a a playoff team or a competitive team. At least you have the talent here. And if you can fix those effort problems, there's still hope. Um, But it's just it's worrying because effort's never been an issue for this team before, and it is massively an issue right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, John pointing out poor mama Hackstall, Daniel Haxstall's whole family was at this game. Yes, unfortunate, but his his doppelganger got the better of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, gonna mention that this his, his long lost you know brother or something you know got the win on the Oilers bench.
0: Gary, they looked so passive in the last 10 minutes, not carrying the puck and, and just clearing it out every time. We talked about that. That is that is the death spiral, right? The other team's able to get enough offensive zone time that by the time you get control of the puck, you're just trying to dump it and get a change. And that is that is a rut that is very hard to get out of. And that is often when you see teams kind of blow it. And that is where the Kraken were the last 10 minutes there. Yeah. Uh, CJ, they are amazing at accumulating loser points i mean points are points it's just you got to make sure you're throwing in enough wins with them (laughs) and sure if you
1: can string together wins later in the season those loser points are going to help you quite a bit because you still stay basically those just get tacked on at the end and they're like closer to 500 you just look at the regulation wins and losses to see where you at are are at relative to 500 so agreed you don't really drop a full game here
0: yes uh, Sam, as a fan of the LA Chargers, I already have a team that woefully disappoints in the clutch and one is too many. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's rough, 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 rough Especially stuff. this last week's Chargers game. Man, that, that was frustrating to watch if you're a Chargers fan.
0: Yes. Uh, Burnt Krem, this team is soft with no finishers. They get pushed around and don't respond. Outclassed. Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Stan did respond and it was probably not the right call to make in that moment. You had the opportunity to go up five on three and and instead you know momentum kind of swings the other way when Bjorkstrand did respond RJ
1: Yeah. And it was so frustrating to watch just because this is exactly what we've been telling him to do or, you know, the players to do. If someone has a a dangerous trip like that on your teammate, you go right after him, you get in their face and you send a message that you can't get away with that, especially in a game that felt like it was out of reach, you know, at three, one, not fully, but you know, you, you've got the lead there. I guess if you're down three, one, it's easier. Just, yeah, go it, go it, get right in his face, you know, but it's one of those where in that exact situation, it's probably not the right thing to do because you can take that five on three and you can beat them on the scoreboard. And I've I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times. There's more than one way to make it clear to teams. They can't get away with that stuff. You could get in their face and and respond physically, but you can also respond on the scoreboard. And and I'm telling you, like, um, who was it that that did that, that, uh, that tripped Schultz down there?
0: Uh, it was number 10 on the Oilers, Ryan,
1: Derek, yeah, Derek, Ryan, Derek, Ryan, yeah. Ryan, he's going to feel a lot worse and he's going to have to deal with a lot more, you know, garbage tonight and beyond if the Kraken score on a five on three there and the Oilers lose another game and, you know, with everything that's going wrong with the team right now, then, you know, if Bjorkstrand just kind of shoves him down and gets in his face here, it, it's tough. I cannot blame Bjorkstrand for doing that because this is what we've been telling him to do. In this exact situation, though, it, it wasn't the right thing to do.
0: Well, again, it's it's like with the Larson play, right? I understand what you were doing, but you have to look at the situation within the, you know, the context of the situation. And it didn't feel like he had in that moment. I guess, you know, I don't know if he knew that the that the ref's arm was already up, right? If the delayed penalty was already there for that. Uh, I'm with you. I, I would always t- get, lean towards just go out there and score. That's the best punishment you can give. But also on the flip side, if you do want to be physical, go fight him later in the game. Go fight him to kick off the next game against the Oilers, right? Like this is hockey. That's an option to you. That that exists for this reason. That's why fighting is allowed in the sport. Um, you just can't just fly in there and just bulldoze him right in front of everybody once the whistle's blown. Like that, you just can't. Uh, I don't know. Um, Jessica, Hackstall formula. Step one, score goals. Step two, hey, you scored some goals. You can relax. Step three, lose. I don't like how accurate that is. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, it's tough because it felt like. This, they all feel a little bit different, but this one, it felt like the Kraken never fully took their foot off the gas, I guess for, for stretches when they were doing the kind of just dump, get back in the zone type of thing. But like, I just think of them playing keep away in the offensive zone where the Oilers couldn't get their goalie pulled with two minutes to go. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they still had stretches where they weren't taking their foot off the gas.
0: Yeah, uh, go check yourself. I enjoyed the attempted volume shooting increase, especially the Belmar goal. My Islanders friend said Kraken versus Islanders tomorrow. Loser has to fire their coach.
1: Oh, well, see. there was that noticeable difference, though, in the volume shooting approach. I mean, we noticed it early yeah. on where the Kraken were throwing a lot of pucks on net, whether or not it was a good idea. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But you could tell the shoot the leap and puck message at least, you know, got He's through to the guys early yeah. on.
0: It was. uh, dry Drysaddle is a dirty player, and he gets away with it all the time. Again, if you if you're just referring to the face-off scenario, that's I don't think that that's you know that's wrong. gamesmanship. Like it's a, that's, it's a, yeah, it's an option guys have. uh, It's a tool in his toolbox because he's got the size.
1: I, yeah, you know? the, the cross check to the his opponent, the Islanders, uh, whoever that was, to his the back of his legs was absolutely dirty. Yes, that that's he got fined different. for. Right, yeah, and he and he has been known to do that stuff. But yes, but yeah, that is different in this but game. Is,
0: As far as the two, you know, whether it was against Maddie on that offensive zone draw for the Kraken or the one against Belmar at the end. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Um, The lines are fine. The personnel on this team is fine. The mindset isn't. I think that's a very succinct and you're right on the money there, Nicole. I think that's, that's exactly what it is. Circling Seattle sports. Are you guys certified therapists with all these sessions this year?
1: Yeah, we should we should look at the certification, see if this if this all counts. Yeah. And year one, too. We could put a lot of hours in from year one.
0: Definitely. Um, Brent Krem. let's discuss Hackstall's next job. Back to college. Philly fans warned us of his nonsensical lineups. Again, I'm I'm with Nicole. I don't know that's the lineup so much as just the team. It isn't the, the, the effort level is the problem.
1: Yeah, it's a motivation issue.
0: Yeah. Uh, watching the Kraken this year feels like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football from Lonnie. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, Alan, this team played two and a half periods. We need a full 60 minutes. I'm livid. And suddenly anything Kraken related just became so not exciting to me. That is, I think, a worry for the Kraken here, right? I mean, this is like the year one scenario, right? Everybody's excited. Hey, this team's here. Whoa, you lost a lot of games early on. I guess I'll check back some other time. And um, you you do, if you're the Kraken, you got to worry about that be in the same case here rj
1: yeah you do and we've talked about it the last couple post games about you know the season ticket holder situation and then the three-year plans it's it's still present in people's minds and um you know i, I think i saw you know down later in chat too some people feeling like they're just you know they, they're kind of losing losing faith a little bit i saw some you know one with a kind of a heartbreak emoji and just you know people are kind of losing faith and i do think you are seeing that along among certain segments of the fan base
0: mm-hmm uh, it's kind of baffling. Maybe it's just one of those seasons where things swing the other way, mid season, just trying to stay positive from Christian there. It that's, that is a possibility like that. That is absolutely something that could happen. And that's where to your point, right? You can bank these loser points. You have games like tonight where it's not always the worst thing in the world. Uh, you can, you can get there a couple more super chats here, Jessica, like the stream peeps. Thank you very much, Jessica. And then from Ryan call me crazy, but I still believe there is something up in the locker room it's totally possible, right? Like this is I, I, whenever we see teams struggle with some of the stuff that the Kraken are struggling with RJ, it's, it's always been fair to ask that question.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, it's w- worth pointing out, I think too, like, look, I'm there all the time. You know, we go in the locker room after practices, after games, but there's a lot that we don't see, you know, certainly whatever message Hackstall is giving to his team after a game like this, the real message, we're not seeing that. Same thing after the, even the home games. We don't get to see that. and there's, So there's a lot that we just don't know because it does happen behind closed doors. And so, you know, for all we know, there very well could be you know more going on beneath the surface. I'm sure there's certainly more than we know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, so it's, it's hard to comment on when you only kind of see just how the guys are when they know the media is around
0: yes definitely i didn't as we're doing the therapy session i think this yes is, this is fair i i was eating a cookie earlier and she was jealous <laughs> so she i guess she deserves it uh al from Edmonton, we got lucky next time just pass the puck to bouchard and wait he is useless truck we did notice that we did talk about that in our live game commentary rough night from from him um yeah it just uh unfortunately not rough enough for the kraken um dexter sorry just can't blame the refs tonight you got two goal lead with less than 10 minutes and had multiple power plays to help kill the game yeah i mean you do you just have to finish the kraken just Mm -hmm.
1: really really struggle with that um so Some interesting t- stuff here. Oh, sorry. Go for it. I didn't no, mean to go catch for it. up from nope. toward the end of chat though with the you know the tickets and everything. Lindsay, tickets are sub fifty dollars and falling. Good news, I guess, if you want to go to games. Definitely a sign of fans giving up on the team at home. And then I this one I thought was interesting from from OnStot Onslaught, Onslaught. Season ticket holder pay, paying at least three times what my seat sells for game to game. And I'll tell you, everyone I've talked to isn't renewing. And that's but the sentiment since even last year.
0: Wow. I mean, I look. I don't blame. And anybody I'm, I'm telling for, you, we've
1: seen messages yeah. like that from you know whether yes. it's DMs or you know everything from season ticket holders, like you know that it's very real.
0: No, it is a very real thing. And like I said, I you know never blame anybody for any making any decision around that or, or whatever. Um, but it would be it would be especially rough, yeah. I, I in that situation when you are seeing what those are going for on a daily basis, right? It would it would be very very difficult to to keep going. I totally understand. Um Daniel, so sick of this team giving every other team exactly what they need to win. (laughs) Do do you see very, maybe we're just too generous RJ. That's the Kraken's problem. They're just too generous. Um, I know, you
1: know, the holiday season's coming up, you know, it's the giving season, but uh, maybe you don't have to do it every time.
0: Yes. Um, Do we need a trade? (laughs) I mean, we've talked about it. It's, it's an option. option. I mean,
1: every loss is one game closer. I think.
0: (laughs) Yes. I, I mean I guess the one thing about that that we haven't talked about right uh just to kind of put a pause on reading comments uh, everybody mm-hmm. what's what's your deadline right when when do you give it until if you're Ron Francis before you you make a move um I mean is it is it thanksgiving is it that Vancouver game after thanksgiving then you've got a 3 days off before Chicago on the 28th Do you give it through next week? And then, you know, if you if you if things continue trending like this, you go, okay. I've got a couple of days here to maybe bring somebody in, get them a little time with the team and then get going.
1: Yeah, I think Thanksgiving is kind of a natural point there, because I know other GMs use that as a measuring stick for their team and decide what they want to do. So I think you might have more potential trade partners as well, uh, depending on how things are going for other teams. So I think probably Thanksgiving is around the time when those conversations might culminate. I think I, I think I said it on the podcast before tonight's game, just you, you give it the back to back. Cause like it's all mm-hmm. craziness, two games in two days, home and away, whatever, give it that, see how it goes. If it goes disastrously, which so far we're on the way to that, um, you know, then you have to start making those phone calls right away.
0: And, you know, look, we do know with uh, Ron Francis, he's he's okay being aggressive trade-wise, right, earlier in the year. He likes to get his business done before the trade deadline. We know that, right? So it's not like we would be asking him to kind of step out from what he's normally doing. Uh, Sean, I'm legit starting to be concerned about how this is going and, and start to affect the large portion of the fan base and season ticket holders. So kind of agreeing with everything there, AK. Okay. Address the elephant in the room, hack stall. And don't give me the, no, that's not it. Edmonton fired their coach and they are on four straight. Happy birthday. I, well,
1: I mean, yeah, cause I think what you know what we've been we've giving you and i think in the past is also just like it's not gonna happen and i still believe that yeah you know, whether you feel like it should or not it shouldn't he's got at least till the end of the season like unless it you know unless he start, loses the next 12 or something and then you know but no he's got at least till the end of the season like unless it gets really really horrendous like bottom of the standings horrendous a- as for whether they should i don't you just extended the guy the past off season
0: okay he, hey, he's gonna have it- at least
1: a little more runway right
0: no, I'm gonna start I'm okay. I'm starting to turn around on this, right? Like I've I've started working on this yesterday. I'm maybe not getting very strong with the language, but what's the one thing you always say, right, RJ? There's no cap on how much you can spend on coaches. Right. So, yes, you just gave him a three year extension. But if it's not working and it's an effort problem with the team and that's your way of addressing it being an effort problem, then, yeah, you got to make the move. And you know what? Yes, you're, you're going to be paying him to not coach. And that's not great. Nobody wants to be doing that. But I don't think you can use that as uh, as like a safety net for not making the move. If you feel like you have to, if they win one game, right, if they go one and four over that next stretch through that Vancouver game, it'd be very hard to justify not doing something like that. Right. I mean, I know we just talked about making a trade, but also if it, if it continues to be an effort problem, I, I don't know what else other way of really sending a message about that. You can have.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I, I look at you the trade organization favorite
0: guy in the room. Well, like that's the thing. I, would, I would,
1: I would go trade before I would go trade before uh, getting rid of the coach. Okay, not I'm not saying trade Yanni Gord. I'm just saying I would I would make a trade before moving the coach. And I think part of that's an organizational thing, too, where it's that culture that Ron Francis creates. And I don't think just like he's a, from the perspective of wanting to do right by people that you extend a coach in, in an off season and then fire him this early in the season without a trade.
0: What was what was like the record? I know he wouldn't necessarily be the person deciding this, right, Ron Francis. But when yeah. when he was managing in Carolina, right, did they run through coaches at all there? That the,
1: would, that's would be worth looking at. Yeah, um, I
0: can't. Re- I didn't know that I can totally look that up while doing this show. But if, if somebody yeah, wa- knows I- offhand, uh, to let us know in chat or something yeah. like that. But that that's something to also start looking at. Right, like I said, yeah. we just we know that it'll make moves ahead of the deadline. But
1: you yeah, know. is Brian in here? I know you know Kane's fan I yeah. might might know offhand.
0: Might have gone to bed. Um, let's yeah, East see. Coast. Yeah,
1: yes. After midnight now.
0: I mean, you know, this, you know, what would it take to make a a coaching change actually happen? Like I said, if you really start losing games there would be there i could see there being a feeling within management rj where look the yeah. season is it's still salvageable if we do something and like yeah that's a lot when of did francis when take that. over
1: do you know that do you know that um june, june of 11 june of 11 okay so uh, well june that's when 11, he was director
0: yeah. of hockey ops and then he became general manager in uh 2014
1: Okay, so he wouldn't have been making those decisions in 2011, so maybe 2014. I will say from the 14-15 season until now, they've had two head coaches.
0: Okay. Bill I mean,
1: Peters and Rod Brindamore.
0: Director of Hockey Ops, he'd be involved in those decisions. Involved,
1: yes. Okay, well, then you go back that far, and they've had three coaches. So it was Kirk Muller right, for three years, Bill lot, Peters yeah. for four years, and then Rod Brindamore till now.
0: Yeah uh jmg with the super chat do you think ownership is becoming impatient and may force a coaching change uh, well, carolina would have uh <laughs> yeah um i i like i said i think you you run the risk of that if you are worried about season tickets if everything the season ticket holders are telling you is what they're telling us right and i have to assume you're all telling them the same thing I think there would be a move, at least from some people, whether it's ownership or upper management or somewhere. And I, again, I don't know how many people, but I would—the conversation would happen, right? That you yeah, know, the season is winnable; it's salvageable. We we got to try if we want to, you know, save people renewing.
1: I mean, I'll break it up into two questions. Do you think ownership is becoming impatient? Probably may they force a coaching change? No. I don't think that's how ownership of this team operates. I think they do the right thing and and let Ron Francis have total control over that side of things. I have no reason to believe ownership would get involved in any way with that. Um but you know, Francis is is a smart attentive guy. He he would definitely be able to see that ownership might be becoming impatient and you know maybe that would influence his decision making, but it wouldn't come from ownership.
0: Does Francis have that dis- that power? Like is he the de- the decider?
1: So I have every reason to believe he is. Yeah. I mean, the ownership, Todd, I he's talked about, you know, not wanting to interfere in in that kind of stuff. You let the hockey people do what they do.
0: Every team operates a little differently. So, you know, that's true
1: again, you know, and and what you say publicly might be different than how things work behind the scenes, but I I have no reason to believe that that ownership would get involved
0: yep uh did everyone see piper's tweet about the team skipping to the ice before the third i mean We sure did we did and boy does it that didn't age very well after about 10 minutes of the
1: i mean hey credit to credit to those of you in chat for the the live commentary or patrons in there a lot of them said hey i i don't like this i don't like this This is making me nervous sure enough of it um
0: I'm still so skeptical that change everything is always going to produce improvements from Bahrain. I, I agree, right? Like it, it's not like you change the coach and magically everything, everything changes. We've seen it many, many times before you'll get a small bump just because it really does wake up the team, right? There is that, that kind of small bump. If, if the issue isn't, if the effort issue, I should say, cause that is the issue, right? We all are on the same page there. If the effort issue is not coming from the coach, it's it's amongst the players. Then no. Yes. It, then you're right. Changing a coach isn't going to change anything. Um, and it would just be you're you're doing that in lieu of making a trade because you just don't feel like there's a there's a good trade to make. Um, so it's it's tough. You have to, basically the Kraken right now have to figure out where it's coming from before they make a move.
1: Yeah. And and Zayn, interesting, pointing out uh, Piper deleted the skipping tweet. Okay. I mean, I get it, it doesn't look very good no, on the, the team and given how it turned out, I'm sure she's getting a lot of mentions on that one as well. Uh, also got a couple like from from Twitter, a couple post game quotes from Hackstall potentially. Yeah, go sure. for it. I don't know if this changes how we feel about it. Uh, I think we played a hell of a hockey game. We played exactly the way we wanted to play on the road. We worked pretty freaking hard all the way through this game today. It comes down to the last tying goal. And then uh, another one, this one's going to sting on the way home. We've got to turn the page, get ready to go tomorrow night. I mean, that one doesn't tell you anything. But... No, that's standard coach speak. Look,
0: he's not entirely wrong, right? Like, yeah. it, it, if not for the face off at the end, that gives Oilers possession. And then they're able to get that goal. You, you can walk out of it going like, all right, things are got a little rough there towards the end. We It became closer than we wanted it to, but Hey, we got the win and we're moving on. Uh, so I, I get where he's coming from. That doesn't, i'm not sure i would jump on him for for that at all
1: yeah no i wouldn't again if if that last goal doesn't go in you hang on everyone everyone's reacting like yeah no that's that's what happened
0: yep fusion mix, we change to dump and chase uh like the flow just stopped and it was bizarre like i said that's you get into that death spiral sometimes where the other team's really getting desperate they start being more aggressive offensively they have ice time in your zone and by the time you get the puck you're just trying to get a change Right. Your, your guys are too exhausted to do anything other than dump and chase. Uh, it's a, it's a bad spot to be in. Uh Let's see. Lindsay parks the bus instead of staying hungry on the four check. Uh, let's see. They outscored their problems last year. They can't score four this year from beep boop. Definitely. I mean, that's part of it. The, if, if they were scoring more, that would certainly help RJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um norm kraken played well but had three power plays other 5v5 scoring chances and could not put the game away in the third as has been the case in several other games d not good enough to hold leads bad at both ends i think did the the kraken had five power plays like kraken went oh for five on the power play so yeah they did have a lot of power plays that is a lot. And that's it's the first time in a while the power play has been that
1: rough. Um, right. Because overall, recently, it's been it's pretty been good. Better. You know, we don't want to yeah. just like hop on it. But, you know, in a game like this, especially at times where you can put the other team away.
0: Yes. That's the
1: thing. When you have those power plays, that can just be killer power plays. Yes. Whether it's the start of the third period with the Schultz trip or whether it's, um, you know, after the Belmar hit. Like either of those two, you score and the game is definitively over.
0: Yes, definitely uh the yeah five and five is enough to you know be like okay you got to get one yeah you got to get one uh the basics i know we're fans and it's hard not to overreact but we're overreacting lol fact is we took a team that is bona fide contender their slow start was a fluke look at the analytics to overtime that is true, right? Like you did – You and not only are they a good team, the Oilers, but they're a hot team too. And you were able to stop their momentum for a time uh, and at least pick up a point here. Again, it's not the worst thing in the world. The problem is the Kraken are struggling against teams that aren't the Oilers. <laughs>
1: we're yeah, you look at games against done. the Flames, against the Coyotes earlier. If this is an isolated incident, you know, you can – you have to put it in the larger context of everything else going on. And the Kraken, I think you know the main thing is they just can't string wins together. Okay. And at a certain point, this is how it works in the regular season. You have to string wins together and you have to have those stretches where you're banking a ton of points. We saw yeah. this with the Kraken last year. They kind of started slow up and down out of the gate. But around this time of the year, like early to mid-November, they went on like an eight-game win streak. And that's what banked them the points to get in playoff position. And they just haven't done that yet. And the clock's kind of running out for them to get started on that.
0: Yes. Agreed. Uh, Lindsay, the Kraken gods got angered at the Kraken playing keep away, passing it around in the ozone instead of actually trying to shoot. They got a lucky bounce off McCann as a reward for shooting. It is true, right? Like that's, that's one of the things that can happen. If you, if you do take more shots, RJ, you take that volume approach. They're not always clean. They're not always good looking, but you know, they go in sometimes.
1: Yeah. I still don't mind the game of keep away though. It's smart. It's what you want to do. I, maybe it does anger the hockey gods. We can get into that in our you know hockey theology podcast idea that was suggested to us earlier this week. You talk about all how the hockey gods work and figuring this out. Maybe we've learned something new here.
0: Yes, I, I was going to say, I don't know that we'll be ready for this red glare. I'm really going to try to do a deep dive into like the history of that as a saying and everything. Uh, so Ooh. it might might be a little while, everybody on that, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, let's see. aka okay, if it's, it's like a heavyweight fight in MMA or boxing, if you get your opponent hurt, you have to finish them even in the face of some risk, because if you don't, when they counter, it can knock you out you're uh, yes absolutely right like you you do need to have that kind of killer in- instinct you need you need to just finish the job i mean we talked about that last game too right it just comes around to, just finish the game and that's something that the kraken just seemingly can't do after they've been able to for two years with roughly the same core group of players rj
1: yeah and i like the mma boxing analogy too i mean i think that's you know that's, that's a really good point
0: yes um let's see not only are they a low scoring dump and chase team with no stars but they also constantly blow two goal games you couldn't create a worse product for a new fan base to watch from beep boop they're not always a, a dump and chase game i'm really gonna call this one out and i like you beep boop like this isn't just directed at you this is directed towards this idea because i've read like seven comments about it how many times a game do we see two on o's and two on ones from this team? right? They are an attack and transition team. I remember going back to year one, RJ, when everything was falling apart. And what was, what was Hackstall doing each and every practice? What was your report from each and every practice?
1: They're going through the neutral zone, practicing those rush plays with the puck going into the zone, trying to generate two on ones.
0: Yep, that, was, that is what they want to be doing. We know that, right? They've been do, trying to be this from day one and they are this. They have that multiple times a game. They can't finish on them, which is a problem and that's why we're not really, I think, giving them as much credit as they deserve in it. Um, and that was a certainly a problem and we talked about that through the first period on the live game commentary. But this is not a dump and chase team, okay? This is not the LA Kings of the 2012 Stanley Cup Finals, okay? This is not the Boston Bruins of old with Lucic and all those guys back when they're prime, right? I've watched Dump and Chase Hockey. It is way worse than this, let me tell you. It is atrocious and so unwatchable, and this Kraken team is is much more watchable than that. But uh, so I am just pushing back a little bit on that idea. They do it in times, but every hockey team does it from time to time in certain situations. And yes, they shouldn't maybe do it all the time when they have a two goal lead. That's obviously a problem for them. I'll give you that all day.
1: Sorry. No, it's all right. Good to get that out, you know? Yes. Yes. Um William this is Part my of the therapy session we got to work these things through.
0: Yes it is. Uh William this is my fault. I was switching between the Avalanche and Kraken games. Kraken scored when I was watching Avalanche and Oilers scored when I uh when watching Kraken. I did switch for the OT. All right well there it's it's just on William.
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Nobody oh, blame me my... for uh being confident in the third. No, definitely. Uh Yeah the Abs had a good game. Beat the Ducks 8 to 2. Yeah uh i mean i, I mean I, I feel like that's what should happen but... probably
0: happy yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see uh, is there a law reckably decreed in heaven which states the seattle kraken must give up three goals in every game they play unless it's game seven of a playoff series <laughs> maybe
1: and they've been getting decent goaltending, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. It's just like someone else mentioned in the comments earlier, you know, Vander Kane backdoor times three. Like, what can Joey do about that?
0: Yeah, John, that's two consecutive hat tricks for the Oilers in games against the Kraken. No, yeah, no, you're onto to it. You're, you're right. Um, let's see. Uh, Kraken just got nervous because the Jonas Brothers were in the building. Is this our version of the Drake curse?
1: It might be. And I was asking this question earlier in the game when they showed him on the broadcast. Are the Jonas Brothers just following the Kraken around? Because I know they had a concert in Seattle recently. I know like Piper and some of the other was broadcast that, crew went to that one. Yeah. Is
0: that right before the Oilers game? Are they Oilers fans and they're doing this specifically?
1: I wonder. It's yeah, I don't findings, know. Because it was like right before.
0: right around that.
1: Yeah, it was, I think, right before the Oilers game. And then like, you know, lingers on the Avs game. I don't know when they traveled up to Edmonton, but. Hmm. Do we need to look at this Jonas Brothers tour and see you know where they're going next?
0: I was gonna say if they if they play in Vancouver on Saturday, yeah, Friday or something, they will definitely be something worth. Well, they should about. be
1: able to tell us what happened with this Kraken season, how it all turns out. They, as you pointed out in the the uh, live commentary, they went to the year three thousand
0: exactly it um uh i like the cj megna just megna needs to get into a game eventually and bryce i'm starting to think megna is just the friends we made along the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes aiden flurry that's that's one of the top comments of the season
0: that is fantastic bryce (laughs) Um, and also for Bryce, what do you think about Haxtell keeping the same D pairs? And did you see enough to keep them together again tomorrow? I thought they were improved tonight, RJ, right? Dumoulin had a great play against McDavid. I already broke down the, the, the failure of Larson to realize the situation he was in and it led to the McDavid goal, right? We know what that was. I think certainly with the fact that you have to travel before a game tomorrow, you're not going to make a move. But I do still think in the long run, if you're going to be blending and shuffling around and the the forward lines as much as you are, it might be time to also maybe throw one of those looks the defense way.
1: Maybe. and And I mean, we've seen this, too, on back to backs like more last season where because it's a back to back and guys are a little tired, you might put in another defenseman there just to kind of keep the legs fresh or have somebody with fresh legs in there. I mean, they for 50 minutes, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. They're they're better. They fix the problems. And I mean, you look at a lot of the problems too, like on that first goal, that's Adam Larson. But what are you going to do with that? You're not going to scratch him. You're not no. going to take him off the deep air with Dunn. So, you know, kind of limited options there. I, I liked, you know, enough of what I saw from Dumoulin, you know, aside from the one bad penalty, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say, and it is Adam Larson being aggressive, right? He is trying to be aggressive, which is something that we've talked about. So it, yeah, mm, those are the risks you run. Who would be the defenseman that you would sit for a Megna, though, RJ? Because I think it might be Justin Schultz for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think if, if it is one, it's Justin Schultz. I mean, you know, there would be like what probably a Megna dumalin pair and they're both lefties and, you know, that does complicate things a little bit, but, you know, guys can play their offside. Um, yeah. I mean, might move Dumoulin over to the right side just so that Magna doesn't have too much to deal with coming in cold.
0: Yeah. I, and Dumoulin could handle that. I think, um, yeah. I just, yeah, he's, he's the guy for me. Uh, if, if you're doing something like that, um,
1: phew, tough stuff,
0: uh, hockey mom, how did we do on the faceoff dot? What were the stats? Even 50, 50 RJ in this one faceoffs between the Oilers and the Kraken and the game went to overtime. So maybe my whole faceoff thing is, uh, <laughs> so that's what, that's what you get. Um, Let's Kraken see.
1: won the one face off in overtime, though.
0: That is true. Although, really, what the one you needed was the, the one for the, the tying goal late. Yeah. Uh Stratic Skinner had 1.78 goals saved above expected. Hard to say you got goalied when you score three, but it's positive that it took that performance from Skinner to win. It is. I will I, I am starting to get like I think it was Coop in the live game commentary. like at some point you know the expected goals are nice or whatever, but like I actually just want an actual goal and I want an actual win. Like I don't need to keep winning uh in this theoretical if it was played on paper kind of way, Archie. <laughs>
1: yeah and skinner i will say he was better than he has been generally this season i think even better than he looked in seattle for that game uh just seemed more solid and and it was a little tougher to beat like he actually had one of his good games but still you generated enough chances i mean you look at the expected goals what the kraken had almost five expected goals yeah um you know you'd like to see more than that past him
0: yeah uh beep boop who will draw more home fans next year coyotes or kraken rip just all the skull emojis there um uh, let's see uh striatic is you know sticking with the ticket thing can the team afford to drop ticket prices next year maybe that would help with the renewals i think it absolutely would help with the renewals and i think you would certainly help get you know new new season ticket holders in for the fans that didn't renew i think that is something that realistically they're going to have to to look at rj given what we've heard from season ticket holders.
1: Yeah, if it keeps going like this, I think it's something they're going to have to do.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh. Do you think the team was just underwhelmed with the offseason additions as, as far as the players, Daniel? Because I, I don't think the players would mind it. Right. I mean, that means a, a job for you. Right. Like you're, you're not having to worry about someone coming in and bumping you down the lineup or anything like that. So I I don't know that the team would would be thinking that way. And if you're them, you're, you're coming off a great season. Right. Game seven of round two. Uh, I got to think they were excited to get back out there and get to work.
1: Yeah, you feel like it's in your power to go even further. You're one game away from the Western Conference final. You're hungry. And I mean, sure, I think the team would have loved if Ron Francis somehow brought in a superstar, you know, to go play with them. But that was never in the cards this offseason.
0: Yeah. Um, Sean, finding ways to lose when you're a decent team is very Seattle. Maybe that's it, RJ. It's just the Seattle sports curse. It's just it's just got the crack in early on and there's just nothing you can do about it.
1: (laughs) I mean, well, if you look at the games in Seattle, especially, I don't know, maybe maybe there's something to that.
0: Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I mean, James is certainly feeling away. This is a pathetic team. Fire them, trade them, blow it all up. Horrible, horrible. How many gosh darn two goal leads are we going to blow? Furious. God damn. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, it, there's definitely an element of this that is, you know, that that's the fan base.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's fair that that, know that opinion which certainly exists among some of the fan base you know that that that, you know gets its airtime because i think you know after Mm -hmm. after a stretch like this you know i i certainly couldn't fault anyone for for feeling that way you know right after a game like this when they lose in the fashion that they did um you know there's a lot of frustration out there
0: yep Uh, elizabeth my rep is hounding me and i told him to drop my seats 10 10k and we'll talk um i like this so Blue Devil, in the NBA, a coach's extension is often a goodbye gift. And then Lindsay though, brings up something good. Is this the Jack Adams curse? Hackstall was a finalist and aren't like three of the last four winners fired or some crazy stat like that? It's. It is yeah, something we, we, like
1: actually, that. we talked about this actually in our like just media circle kind of waiting for the locker room to open up after last game against Colorado the one at home uh the Jack Adams curse and that you know you don't want to be anywhere near that award and you know we, we, there were some <laughs> rumblings there about maybe that was the reason
0: yeah uh, Edward don't let a sunk cost fallacy sink the season that's all I'll say with regards to hackstall
1: I, i'm a sucker for anyone bringing up sunk cost policy, so <laughs> that's I, why i
0: was i was giving you, I the that you wanted it. <laughs> um let's see uh i mean james james keeps going there i mean a lot of people pushing back on the idea of a trade uh is is what mm-hmm. i'm really seeing uh, from a lot of people here um let's see uh let's see sergio i feel sorry uh, for you boys you need to be positive even in a situation like this that's where everybody comes in i mean it, we're able to still like keep keep it up even even with the you know the not great comments and we got to figure out wait and i don't mean like not great like they're bad i mean like you know people being pessimistic about the situation overall which is fair so it's, it's yeah. a job it's the job yeah
1: and again it helps just having having the group here and having still yes. you know 120 people in here to to talk it all out with i think you know it, it's easier to kind of find some positivity when you're in a group like this as opposed to kind of stewing by yourself and, and letting that frustration kind of sit
0: yes definitely uh zoe asking do we see pots next game that's i hope so thought. yeah well but and i, was I hope say, so yeah well who who would who would come out for you
1: belmar and I'm sorry. I know like he he won some clutch faceoffs in this game. i th- I thought he did not play poorly, but Poderolski just brings a different element that Belmar doesn't. he's He's got the chance to score. He brings some offense. I'm a big fan of Andrew Poderolski after watching him through two training camps with the Kraken, like he's he always goes to the right places. He's got great offensive instincts like he's such a fun player to watch too like I, I know that if he gets a real run in the fourth line fans are gonna love him just the way that he plays so I, I'm eager to see him get in the lineup maybe I'm a little bit biased in his favor just having having seen him through those training camps in those preseasons but I'd love to see him next game
0: you know you also described Shane Wright there by the way
1: well, yeah. Okay. We don't <laughs> have to worry about Poderalski's development here.
0: Yes, that is true. Uh, getting him out of the situation. Uh, Lindsay, to be honest, I'm just excited to play an opponent other than the Abs or Oilers tomorrow. Has this been the worst schedule to start the season ever, or is it just me? It's not just you, Lindsay. It has been pretty bad.
1: Yeah, it has. And, and we pointed this out, I think, even before the season started, because remember, we went through we went game through it, by game yes. and tried to predict every single result. We should go back and see how we how we're doing so no, far. we should not. OK, <laughs> we should not. but I think, look, we we identified this stretch as like this is going to be really tough. This is going to be the gauntlet like, oh, man, you've got Edmonton, Colorado, Edmonton, Colorado. Good luck. If you can just get through that, you know, you might be OK. It's rough. It will get easier. as the season goes on maybe not immediately but soon it'll get a little easier Mm -hmm.
0: yeah uh randall give turbo the c want to want to briefly uh summarize the the like 40 minutes of brandon tanev just love that you you had during the live game commentary
1: yeah i mean i look i i love the way that he was playing to start the game like he was just shot out of a cannon these last two games too really Mm -hmm. where you could tell that he really missed playing hockey and that he was gonna go all out 150 percent on every single play that he could because he was just so thrilled to be back out there and i do love seeing that from him and i think haxtell kind of knows that too which is why he put him in a top six role these last two games and i think it's absolutely deserved man if only the guy could finish
0: yeah I, I know. I was just going to say, so what you're saying is he he's he plays like the Kraken. We notice him in the first period. Situationally, we notice him in the second. I don't remember him from the third period.
1: I don't either. <laughs> it's just... Brandon Tanev is the Kraken. He is
0: the Kraken, <laughs> ultimate Kraken. Uh, Fusion makes question. Why does Maddie skate with the puck like a guy with a small dog that's pulling on the leash? Not a dig at him. It's just funny. Um, are you referring to like, as I always thought he has like kind of textbook what you want to do with it, RJ, which is keep your hands kind of in close to each other and keep the puck d- straight in front of you. Um,
1: yeah, is, and I, the way he's kind of hunched over too and is really low yeah. in his stance, which is good because it gives you some more mobility you yep. know, to make those pivots in those turns. Um, but yeah, he does kind of get lower than other players, and he does it does look a little comical sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is generally what you're looking for as a coach.
0: Yes, you are you're supposed to be doing that. So uh I love the love that idea though. Uh from it. I'm gonna jump down because we are coming up on the hour. It's 116 still in here. You guys are wow. incredible, can't say it enough. Um, gonna jump down a little lower in the comments though just to catch up to the more recent stuff um uh Lonnie sunk cost fallacy is actually what they're going to call their new five game ticket plan (laughs) (laughs) boy am I glad I jumped down and saw that was the first comment thank you Lonnie (laughs) that's so good oh my gosh yes Oh, Casey, is it bad as a defender to leave McDavid all alone in an odd man rush that blew my mind? Blew my mind, too. Like I said, Larson was going to make the aggressive you know, blue line defense play against Dreisaitl, but it was it was an all move. or nothing play. Absolutely. Yes. On a cat, I know there are fans of the Kraken, regardless of how well we're doing, most of us in here, that would absolutely go to more games with lower ticket prices. Very true. I mean, look, there's two ways when you're a new team to a market, RJ, whether you're an expansion club or you move from somewhere else, the two ways you build a fan base is one, first and foremost, always by winning, right? People want yep. to want to watch winners Two, uh, have your games accessible, right? Make it affordable for people to go fall in love with the sport, fall in love with the team, make it easy to follow the team, right? So heavy social media presence, all that stuff. The Kraken do do well with that. Um, but yes, affordable tickets. Make it easy to watch games on television. (laughs) just saying (laughs) Uh, and uh, you know things like that like that is how you you build a a core group as your fan base that's how you endear yourself that's how you build that emotional connection Uh, and then it just takes time right like there's a generational aspect to it as well right like we all grow up rooting for the teams that like your parents rooted for and all that kind of stuff goes back a long way right that's why the Kraken they're never they were never going to step out right away and compete with like the Seahawks or Mariners where people have been watching them their whole lives. But certainly if you make it affordable to go to games, you make it easy to watch them on TV and you make it easy to follow them on social media, you'll get a
1: fan base. And especially with a sport like hockey where you know, I don't know that the median Seattle resident is really all that familiar with the sport in general. Mm-hmm. Uh but as we both know as anybody who's in this chat watching this knows, once you watch the game, if you watch hockey, if you go to a hockey game, it has a way of selling itself. You fall in love with the game. It just happens. It's happened to probably everyone watching this. Um you just need more people to to see it and get those eyes on it and especially get in the building. Cause it's a really cool experience seeing it in person too. And you know, if this season goes South, which again, I hope it doesn't, but if it does maybe one of the silver linings to that is you get some people who otherwise wouldn't be able to get in the door who all of a sudden are, and can really fall in love with the game. Definitely. Well said.
0: Uh, CJ, just researching that the average height and weight of an NHL forward is 6'1 and 198 pounds. Are the Kraken forwards generally undersized in comparison and seem to get manhandled more often? I mean, the Kraken do have some smaller guys, RJ, but I don't know. Outside of like the sidle thing, and sidle would have manhandled just about anybody. I don't know that I think of that as really being a problem for the Kraken.
1: No. And you look at their smallest forwards and they're the guys who almost least get manhandled. You look at Yanni Gord. No one's tossing him around. Kylie Yamamoto. Yamamoto. No one's manhandling him. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, I think, is their other smallest forward. Like, you know, he's always battling and winning those battles. So, you know, I, I don't think that's the issue necessarily.
0: Yeah, Uh, Nicole, by the time the schedule lightens up, will we still have a playoff chance and they aren't taking care of the easy games in that stretch, though? And that's that's it, right? Like if you're not going to be able to take care of the easy games, it doesn't really matter when we do get to an easier part of the schedule, (laughs) whether or not uh, you can turn this thing
1: around. Yep. The Kraken lived on it last season, taking care of business against non-playoff teams. They're going to need to do that again.
0: Um. Daniel, I blame Big Al, the new radio color guy. He's always making jinxable comments and laughing about how he isn't superstitious. This is a very this is a superstition
1: based sport (laughs) is all I'll say. i mean i am I'm, I'm surprised by that i mean you know he played the game i've i've you know yeah. chatted with him the other day too a great guy by the way i will yeah, no, i will I'm say sure. that much you know he's super nice and uh you know great guy glad to have him on board but uh yeah maybe i'll i'll kind of hint to him about the the jinx based comments see yeah if we could work on that
0: uh sean is it possible this team could use the services of a captain <laughs> when one when one presents themselves <laughs> i think yep. is kind of where we're at um uh striatic my nine-year-old oilers fan daughter has instructed me to tell chat she says yay so that's that i guess (laughs) you know good good on you being a good dad and and doing it it, yeah you know take some pride in that i think that's all right uh (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay okay between the Magna is the friends we made along the way and the sunk cost fallacy ticket playing comments I'm officially laughing after being in a pretty bad mood to start thanks all much love I think that's that's the way we, these always end up RJ
1: Anytime. Yeah. I mean, we a couple of days ago, this is where we were, where right? we were just kind of feeling good and feeling happy and having a good time, even after a game that, you know, went about as bad as we could could imagine. Um, so again, grateful to all of you for that and especially for the laughs. I mean, those those two comments are yes. fantastic.
0: Yes, for sure. Uh Bryce just pointing out and Dave Tomlinson is in Vancouver, who is suddenly winning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean and, dave's great i can't i can't knock that part of it yeah
0: and then uh circling seattle sports we'll leave it on this one jacob magno for the c so there you go yes
1: there Let's you go you can never play him in a game but just give him the c
0: yep that would be hysterical rj you know what it would get the national media talking about the seattle kraken
1: sure would <laughs> yeah. it would There'd be stories all the time oh no, you man. see the real captain is the friends you make along the way
0: it is. Uh, I should have I should have talked with Meghna in Arizona, given, you know, we was just right down the row a little bit there and, and asked him, you know, if, if he's been talking with anybody up there at, at CPA, right? Maybe install like, a, I don't know, you know, a little putting green on the media bridge mm-hmm. there for, for the guys when they're scratched, RJ, for the media members when when you guys so want it. And then you guys would be ready to go uh, to Flat Stick Pub and play some mini golf, RJ. I think that'd be a good idea.
1: That's a brilliant idea, Dylan. I'm glad you thought about that. And you know, hey, Megna, he could earn that captaincy by just getting so much extra practice in on the putting while the other guys are playing hockey. You know, he could go earn it, be the best uh, mini golf player on the team.
0: Well, that's it. When the Kraken have that three three day off stretch, uh, you know, not this weekend, but the following weekend, that's what they need to do. They need to go and have a a a mini golf tournament at Flat Stick and the winner becomes captain.
1: There it's, you go. Mini golf tournament for captain. It's the only uh, lo- it's hope the they o- let me know about that so I can go in and you know record, see how it does document it for everybody. It's it's, it's the only it's the only
0: logical conclusion, right? Like it's the, it's the only the right way to do it. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for the laughs. Thanks for the therapy. Uh, we get it too by doing this. Trust us. And uh, one last happy birthday to you, RJ, before we head out.
1: Thank you, Dylan.
0: All right everybody. We will see you all tomorrow night after uh after the game against the Islanders and you know we'll we'll see how that goes and what kind of mood we're all in. <laughs>